So, the big question is this. How can kingdom-minded, for-purpose entrepreneurs like us, those who are committed to building big things with their life through their business, do it in a way that they don't lose their body, they don't lose their balance, those closest relationships that mean the most to them, and their being, their connection and daily walk with Christ? How can we build, expand, and create in such a way that we hear, well done, good and faithful servant? That is the question, and this podcast is centered around those who are on this journey at a high level and their tips, systems, routines, and mindsets that have enabled them to pull this off. My name is Forrest Walden, and welcome to Tribecast. Welcome to another episode of Tribecast. Excited this morning to sit down with Ron Alford, who is an author and a coach, a senior partner at Southwestern Consulting. He holds all kind of records, 70 plus highest sales months, coached over 10,000 producers in his career, and has a new book coming out, which I'm sure we'll talk about, called Redefining Possible. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Forrest. Good to be with you, man. So other than that brief description, why don't you unpack a little bit about who Ron is and how you got to where you are now with Southwestern? Yeah, happy to. I, I, uh, so military kid, really, I, I moved around a lot on the West coast and, and, uh, ended up graduating high school in Alaska on a little, little Island in the middle of the Bering sea. And, um, and then long story short, uh, 27 years ago was, uh, was kind of thinking about going to the Marine Corps, like both my, my older brothers and, you know, kind of following in my dad's footsteps. And, um, man, I, I heard a buddy told me that he was going to go do this crazy summer job selling educational books door to door and I should come with him and it's straight commission and 80 something hours a week of face to face rejection. And, and, uh, <laughs> for, for some reason that, that enticed me. Um, it was like a different type of boot camp, I guess. But so that, that kind of started my, my professional career with Southwestern. Um, so I've been, been part of the Southwestern family for close to 27 years now. Um, Ron, how, how many years did you sell books? I sold 12. Okay. And then was part of that part of Southwestern advantage for 20 years. I was the, the director of the West coast in Canada, kind of that second half of the 20 years. And how old were you when you started? 19. Man, what an education. You know, a lot of 19 year old <laughs> this day and age are playing video games and inside and you're, you're going door to door selling. Yeah. I mean, I'd never, I'd never been in humidity. I'd never seen a thunderstorm, like some of those kind of things that, <laughs> and I remember they sent us to Dallas, Texas that first summer. And it just was like, Oh my, you know, I'd never sold anything in my life. So all these kind of new things and getting out of your comfort zone, it's just such a, such a testimony to our whole life, right? Some of the best things come from getting out of our comfort zone. Yeah, no sweat. Well, so that, that's, you know, have since shifted, which we can talk more about into my role now. And then per, uh, personal on a personal note was married 11 years and then had an unexpected divorce that just pretty much rocked me. Um, gosh, seven years ago now and was very unexpected and, and, uh, you know, was dealing with a lot of shame and a lot of everything, you know, I had four year old twin boys, at the time. And, and, um, 
so had years of being a single dad and then remarried four years ago, got a blended family and have adopted my wife's daughter who had never met her biological dad. So now we've got a blended family with three kids, the, the, the twin boys are now 11 and then our daughter is nine and uh, my wife runs her own business. So it, through the pandemic, it's, it's pretty fun. She's, she's got a business going on upstairs and part of our home and I've got a business going on in a different part of our home. And then we've got multiple kids doing virtual school. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I know that game. Well, man, this virtual school is a whole new world. Isn't it? Uh, it is. It's a, uh, yeah. Here in Seattle, there's no, no sign of when, when it'll change. So we're just kind of, you know, like anything, accept your situation, right? It's like, okay, I can either resist this and fight it and complain about it. And, or I can, say, okay, the good Lord gave us this for a reason. We needed it for some, some dang reason that I'm not supposed to understand, but let's, let's embrace it and try to make the best of it. You know, we'll, we'll certainly talk about balance uh, here in a minute, but let's talk more about what you do with Southwestern, um, who you're leading, uh, particularly interested in these 10,000 uh, coaching clients you've had over the years. Talk a little bit about what that looks like today. Yeah. So seven years ago, just, just, you know, on a personal note, kind of needed a shift and just love the Southwestern family of companies though. I kind of knew I wanted to stay in the family and, um, but just love the idea of coaching real world. I mean, business owners, you know, CEO level all the way down to brand new in sales, whether, you know, insurance or mortgage or real estate or fitness or uh, medical devices or whatever. And, uh, at the time we didn't have any coaches, you know, our, our company was quite that part of Southwestern Southwestern consulting was pretty established in Nashville and Alabama and Denver. And there wasn't anyone West of Denver though. And, uh, that was part of my vision was really to be able to grow, help kind of grow and scale this. And so we've got about 120 coaches domestically now. And, uh, there's five of us that kind of lead that group. And so I'm, I, I love that I get to do, be a part of all of it. Like I'm, I'm out running workshops and selling, you know, in the trenches selling, and then also have days that are dedicated purely to coaching clients, external clients. So, so clients, and then days that are dedicated to coaching internal teammates or coaches. Um, and then also interviewing, recruiting and interviewing and, and hiring and onboarding new coaches. So I get to kind of bobble between all four roles. Yeah, and the listeners may recognize Southwestern from last season when I had Dustin Hillis on, who I know is your partner uh, in the consulting world. So I've experienced coaching directly and seen what you guys do and make a huge difference in the life of the entrepreneur who oftentimes is running around with their hair on fire, having a hard time establishing priorities and sticking to it because everything's an emergency. So yeah, what sorry. is what is your the favorite part of what you get to do since you get to do so many things? Is it replicating yourself into your coaches or is it indirectly coaching uh, your clients? Oh, man. How do you give me those two choices? <laughs> For us, that's a yeah. I mean, I, I got to choose C all the above. I, I love both. I mean, I, I think either way, I just look at the human component and what you just said, I think you worded it so well. Like I'm no different. I, I need coach. Like I, for me, I have blind spots. It's not like just because you're a coach, you all of a sudden got it figured out. I got my, my wife will tell you, I sure don't have it figured out. Like we, we struggle, we go through frustrations and, and 
you know, and so having someone just feeling like you're a part of someone's world, feeling like you, you might've made a difference in how they look at their business, how they, how they create culture in their, their business or in their family, how they, um, how they plan and prioritize, how they crystallize their vision, like literally what they're put on this dang earth for. Am I just here to push widgets and pay bills or am I here to really leave a mark? And, and so feeling like, you know, whether it's our internal teammates, our coaches or our external clients, either way, feeling like you have, have got, and, and I love the puzzle, man. I love the puzzle of the human mind. It is such a complicated, you know, we, we all fall short and, and the more we can own that and have humility, okay, let's get past the fluff. We all got scars. Now let's work on them. Let's, let's work on growing here. And that's, that's what I get to do. And it's the, I guess one last thought on it for us is I, it forces me every day. I, I'll, I'll hang up on a call and I'll, I'll have five or 10 minutes till the next call. And most oftentimes my question is, or my thought is, okay, how can I apply what we just talked about to myself? Hmm. <laughs> and when I'm, when I'm not doing that, that's when I'm struggling or suffering the most. And so if I can just be the practitioner, be an example of everything we work on, it, it, boy, life's so sweet. So I love that I get to talk about this and, and, and work on it with people all day. So it makes it so loud in my own head. Well, I think that's a great frame for coaching. And I think it's biblical too, that you learn, you live, and then you lead. And so trying to lead what you're not living makes you out of congruency and uh, ultimately is not effective. But when you're in a sweet spot where you've learned these things, you've lived these things, and now you can lead other people uh, with what you are living, I think that's really where excellent coaching uh, happens. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Amen. You bet. I, I, you know, we, we talk a lot about what separates us. We're not just sitting behind a, a, a book, a John Maxwell book quoting, like, like obviously John Maxwell is incredible, but not just quoting stuff from someone else's like we're in the trenches, getting our butts kicked, getting referrals, losing teammates, learning trial by the fire, you know, just, yeah. So, so being in it makes, I think there makes, makes it so much more authentic than, you know, maybe a coach that hasn't played before. So I just got the email about redefining possible. So I haven't had the opportunity to review it, but tell us a little bit about your new book. What's the premise and, and what are you teaching? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. This is something we've, you know, you mentioned Dustin earlier. We've worked on this for close to four years now. I mean, many more years than that, less formally, but obviously more in a formal you know, and, and it's just the, the end goal. If I had to say one word, what it's about, it's impact, you know, and so that the anything and everything we do in life kind of leads to that, that greater impact. I mean, even in the, the divorce I went through, or, um, I think I mentioned to you, one of my sons has recently finished leukemia treatments and like it, all these kind of things. If we can, if we, if we look at it as a, why me, which I have, then I just, I struggle so dang much. Whereas if I look at it as like, this was given to me as a gift and helps me somehow, some way impact others. So the book dives into what, what true sharpening of focus looks like and then ownership, which helps us clarify our vision. And then, you know, kind of the next three principles, strengthening our belief system, cultivating a deeper unconditional confidence helps us have a stronger, more consistent faith, right? Cause any of us in business, man, like faith, faith is such a powerful. And then, and then with those ingredients, 
that that allows us to impact at a greater capacity. And so we go through a lot of a lot of stories and analogies, but also a lot of strategies, a lot of real like practice, you know, things you can apply principles to, you can apply today to strengthen those muscles. I mean, you're in the fitness world. So I always think of mm-hmm. if, if I don't work out my, my calves, they, they grow weak, they go fra- flabby. And, but if I, if I really work them out, they, they strengthen. And I think it's the same with those topics, our focus, how we crush distractions, um, how we take full responsibility for everything, ownership, how we have a clear vision, you know, strengthening our beliefs, deeper confidence, and then, and then obviously more unconditional faith. So that's, that's the premise of the book. Can you give us maybe one of your top granular takeaways or or tips that you teach in the book? Yeah. Uh, boy, I'm trying to think where, where we'd start. I I think the, the, the first one is just how vision is something that, you know, years ago I did a vision board. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, you know, heard of the premise of our, our minds thinking pictures. So putting things, whether it's principles or character traits that I want to be and live into, or it's things I want to do, or it's things I want to have, like put those things in a place where you can see them. You can, you can breathe them in, you can pray on them. You can, so that, that's a thought. That's not a new thought, but one thing we work on a lot in the book is constantly updating that because it can get stagnant. It can get stale, just like affirmations. When, when they get stale, we have to keep them fresh. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking as we're talking at a, at a past vision board that is now turned into what we, or, or we would call a confidence anchor board. Now, this is a board that is, is part of my life in the past. Thank God. Most of this has come true. Most of this has happened or happening and so now it's a reminder. It's, it's something that actually anchors me and gives me confidence whenever I have doubt, which is often because the pandemic is real. My kid's health and my family situation is real. Like all these things that give me doubt and help me lose sight. You know, when I look at that, that confidence anchor board, it reminds me, okay, stay the course. Like, you know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all my heart lean not on my own understanding. I don't, you know, and that, 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 that board reminds me of something that's going to help this new vision board, which is updated, fresh, inspiring. I got goosebumps as I'm talking to you about it Forrest. Like this new vision board is what I'm going after right now. And I'm getting up in the morning with, with pep in my step, not just grudgingly. Cause I got, I got, I got a clear vision, but every time I have a doubt and I'll finish this thought, Every time I have a doubt, it's nice to remind myself of all the doubts I've had in the past that thankfully the Lord carried us through. And so those, those little reminders, that's, that's one takeaway of the book. We, we don't, we go deep into thoughts like that. Yeah. And I, it's a great example. I still have my vision board that I did when Dustin was my coach. So it was impactful and a lot of those things have come to fruition. So great to keep them in front of you, make you make them visual. Like you said, there's power in that. All right. Well, you mentioned body, you mentioned working out. Let's talk about what you do, Ron. Um, we're going to talk about the all the dimensions here, not just business, but what you do across body and balance and being to make sure you're equipped uh, to lead effectively at work. And so what do your rhythms look like and body to make sure you stay in peak shape? I know you're a former uh, endurance athlete, but let's talk about kind of what you've done and what you do now. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've been excited to talk to you because I love these your, your topics. Um, 
so the, the body part, the fitness, man, I, I just, I think part of it is just honoring what I've been given. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to get to play team, a, a lot of team sports anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40. So now it's variety. Like I'm, I'm my, my default, if I, if you give me an hour and say, Hey, go work out. My default is get me in the woods. Let me get some trails. That's where I'm, I feel like I'm at my best self and I'm out in nature. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, thankfully in the Pacific Northwest, I got a lot of beautiful, uh, trails and kind of mountains around and whatnot. So that, that's definitely my default. And that's like you said, I've done a number of ultra marathons over the years. And, um, I like being a, a, a lab rat, I guess, if you will, as well. Like I think the mental component of business is so true when I'm out, when, when, you know, when you're on mile five or mile 55 and you're just broken boy, your thoughts start getting you. And so that, that the fitness part of it, but then also the mental part of, of the trail running is my favorite, but I definitely love, I mean, I'm, my wife will tell you every morning and night, I don't, I don't watch a TV show now without some sort of stretching, some sort of yoga, some sort of just laying on the floor and, and, you know, <laughs> so variety is big. I mean, if I can get a little yoga in a little CrossFit, a little swimming, little, um, little weight training that, that helps so much. I feel so much healthier. And so talk about as we age, I'm mid forties myself. Um, I know you did a lot of, I think marathons and triathlons early on. And now that's transitioned to sound like more, more things that are things you could do for life. And then kind of the rest of, of your time, um, as you lead. So talk about that transition. Yeah. I, you know, here's a quick story and this is, uh, I don't remember the year. Let's say the year was roughly 2009 or 10. I was, I was doing a traditional road marathon. I'd done a, a number of, you know, Seattle, Vancouver, Canada. I did some beautiful ones like a place called Big Sur, California, Half Moon Bay. Some of these, I was doing one in Eugene, Oregon, which they, they have said is the Mecca of, you know, that's Steve Prefontaine. That's where the Olympic trials are held. This is this beautiful running Mecca. That's where Nike was born. Um, and I, I remember the, the last part of the Eugene Marathon, you come into the, what's called Autzen Stadium and you, you do a lap around the stadium where there's just tons of fans and it's how the marathon ends. And I literally, I, I remember finishing this marathon and looking at my watch and just being devastated because I, I had missed my running goal by literally like 30 seconds. And I was <laughs> so frustrated. And, and I still to this day get emotional about this because I, I had friends and family. That's about a five or six hour drive from Seattle. I had friends and family that came to be there to celebrate with me and, and, you know, Hey, let's go get some pizza and grab a beer and what a joyful thing. And I was, a I was a miserable whiny. It was ridiculous. And I remember for me personally, that that's, I'm not casting this on others, but for me personally, I was way too consumed by the dang time on my watch. And that was like my self image was getting this number to try to prove to someone that I was a, and it, it that, that I've not, I've not done another road race since. Um, maybe someday I will, I don't know, but I, but I literally, I started getting into the trails because in the trails, you don't think about the time as much like you're Whereas I might've done a, whatever, a six or seven or whatever minute mile. Now a 14 minute mile sometimes is great because <laughs> it's, because you're going up a dang mountain or you're, or you're going through this tricky single track. And so 
that that's a long winded answer for you of, of where I shifted. And to me, it was like, okay, I've got to quit making this about the watch and about this time and about what the word, what I'm supposedly proving to someone else. Now I try to treat running a lot more like this is prayer. This is my way to meditate and just probably two thirds of the time. I don't have any headphones in. Um, I never let myself use headphones on the first half on any run less than 10 miles and never on the first half of a run because hmm. it just gets my breathing. It just gets me noticing and, and awareness and just being still. And, and hopefully I'm praying. I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about business stuff. Um, and then I'll kick on the music, you know, which is fun for the second half. But so that's, that's where the shift happened. Yeah. That's so interesting, especially about the music. Cause I can be so guilty of immediately strapping it on and just going to another place. Yeah. But you know, that is something I've heard consistently is that is such a great prayer time. And, and I think it shows that any of these domains, if you focus on them too exclusively, can be counterproductive. You know, the, the show is really about if you only focus on business, everything else can burn to the ground. But, you know, I know in my competitive bodybuilding days, I would get so fascinated around a date and everything revolved around that. And the diet got more and more restrictive until the time the show finally came and my wife hated me. You know, it was just miserable. I um, mean, I had a similar epiphany, like this is supposed to be about health and balance and it's anything but yeah. that. Uh, some people can make it work. I, I was not one of those. Um, so how does, you know, as we age, how does staying in shape and getting that daily exercise, how does that allow you to lead and coach at a higher level? Well, I, I honestly, I, and I obviously your third topic is balance, right? I, I think, um, like I, I want to be out running with my kids. I want to be riding bikes with them. I just got my twins new mountain bikes and I want to be out playing foot catch with them and, and, and hopefully Lord willing their kids, like my grandkids eventually. And so the, the point to answer your question, I think that is the true piece of coaching we do business coaching, which of course the most measurable way to define whether the coaching was successful or not was an increase in results or income for most people. Um, so believe me that, that drives us. We definitely want to see, um, more financial freedom for our clients, but th we all know people that have a boatload of money and just piles of money that are not joyful. And, and so it's, it's context. It's not just the results and the money or the faster running time or, or for you, the weights, you know, the, the powerlifting and whatnot. Um, it's like, okay, what are we doing with it? What, what does a life of significance look like versus worldly success? And so the, the fitness to me, it's like, I want to stay fit and, and healthy to be able to run with my kids and play with my kids and have that balance. That's, that's joy. That's the stuff that's on my vision board. It's not like I don't have any numbers on my vision board of, of my bank account, you know, but I have a lot of cool trips I'd like to take and, and things I'd like to do that do cost money, but it's all stuff that's going to make my, my family life sweeter. And so I think it, I think it all kind of blends together. Um, hopefully we can be that example for our clients and then obviously even more important, that example for my kids. It's a great example. Took my son mountain biking yesterday with two of his friends and was proud that they wanted to turn around way before I did. And so, you know, as long as that continues to be the case, uh, definitely doing something right. So great transition. Let's talk about balance. You mentioned early on in the show that you had a 
hard divorce and kind of had to recover from that, but now happily married again. Maybe walk us through that a little bit and what you've learned and how your current marriage and relationship with your kids keeps you grounded. Yeah. No, thanks, Forrest. I, yeah. And I, and I think honestly, just, you know, for me, even just being single and just remembering, you know, first of all, I got to look in the mirror as much as I can feel wronged and as much as I can shift into states of blame or, or what it's like, okay, that again, back to our book ownership, right. Taking responsibility. Where did I, where could I have been better? And, you know, really reflecting on that and trying to humble myself was a really helpful process. And so obviously coming into my marriage now with Desiree, um, man, blended, blended families are not easy, you know, dealing with, you know, her, her dealing with the step, her step boys, me dealing with trying to get the love of, of my now daughter that, that has, has been a single daughter, you know, a daughter of just a single mom this whole time till she was five. Um, having an ex involved, all that, all that kind of stuff just adds a lot of emotion to life. But every time I start saying that though, of course I think, well, okay, woe is me who doesn't have this, you know, stuff. We all got stuff. Um, so it's just a reminder to me the days where I get on my dang knees and give the, give the day to the Lord and just say, okay, Lord work through me. And then not only in the morning, but hopefully build in a couple breathers during the day to kind of get out for a quick little walk or, or turn my phone off for even 10 minutes or whatever it might be. That that's the day where I'm a much more patient husband. I actually affirm my wife, you know, sounds so basic, but <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I unconditionally give love to my kids you know, and, 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 and just such a more joyful person to be around. And then the other mm-hmm. days where I rushed from task to task to task, good night. I'm, I'm not the prettiest person to be around. So that's, that's really it for me is just how I start my mornings, having good morning and evening routines, um, are, are such a key part, part of it. Cause it just, it, it gets your head and your heart right. Let's dive into that because we really haven't talked about your routines yet as it relates to these things. How do you start your day and how do you make sure that you get all of these things in and that you're focusing on all domains? Yeah, I love it. So I start, I guess one takeaway, and this is to each their own, but I start my day with no phone and I end my day with no phone. Um, Now, part of me thinks that maybe I could even extend that to at least 30 to 60 minutes, but it's always at least 10, 15 minutes. There's always a good 10, 15 minute gap of, of before I'm in bed or after I'm out of bed where there's no phone. Um, in other words, no email, no, no outside circumstantial stuff affecting my, my mood or my reactiveness. Um, I want to get the day started right with my thoughts and just, so usually just, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I love eight hours of sleep. I, I like to, I like the idea of earning those eight hours and I'm pretty much 10 to six rhythm, nothing real special. I, I sleep from 10 to six roughly. Um, so up and at them. And then the first hour, a lot of my morning is kind of just getting, get, like I said, I lay on the floor. I do some back exercises cause I've had some back issues and, um, you know, it's prayer time. It's quiet time. It's kind of visualizing the day. And, and for me, giving the day to the Lord, like that, that is a, a very, almost ritualistic. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, it's a, it's a, like, I really feel like giving my day away is big because it, it helps it be focused on others more than self. Um, 
so that's a big part of it. And then of course, just catching on up on some simple email and, and then, you know, usually between six 30 to seven 30 is either a, a morning trail run or, a, a, a some sort of fitness, you know, trip to the gym, um, depending on the seasons in Seattle, right. Uh, good old rain and whatnot. Um, and then with COVID I've obviously worked from home a lot more. So this last nine months has been a lot more just kind of in my office by 7.45, ready to roll and, and attacking the day. And then my first coaching call or webinar or Zoom meeting or whatever it is usually, usually starts at eight. Um, and that was pretty much the same pre-COVID, except on average two days a week I would travel. I, I would go support a coach in Austin, Texas or Omaha or, or um, Portland, Oregon or wherever. So... Mm-hmm. What about imbalance? Are you guys, uh, do you do a date night? Do you have meetings with your, with your kids? Do you create one-on-one alone time with them? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Um, probably not as, w- as well as we could. I mean, uh, let's, let's just be transparent. Um, we probably have just two date nights a month. Uh, if you had to average it out. Uh, and then because the kid, the, the twins split time, you know, they're, they're back and forth a lot. So that, so our rhythm is not as, as simple, I guess, as, as, you know, uh, but we're big on when, when it's all five of us, man, I, I just do not have anything else in the world going on besides those kids. It's very much a quality. I don't get as many minutes or as many nights, I guess, with my twins since they split time. So when they're with us, it is, it is just this this absolute dedication to focused time. Um, we're playing board games. We're going for walks, rain or shine. I mean, thankfully they're still 11 and under, so they actually still like us, um, to be determined here in a few years. Right. But, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So for now though, it is just awesome. And we're, we're, we're at the parks, uh, constantly and, and just out doing trail runs, going to, it just, just basic stuff, nothing real fancy. Um, but just fun adventures, little, 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 little adventures right nearby. Um, and we'll do that the same with the three of us when the twins aren't with us. So a lot of times my wife and daughter, um, similar stuff, but it's usually after five thirty. it's, it's family time. Unless again, I would, I would be traveling on a trip for a day or two here and there. Okay, that's good. And then we talked about you, you really from the beginning have talked about being domain and your connection to Christ. And uh, but what rhythms there? You, you mentioned you know prayer in the morning, giving your day to God. Um, do you guys are you involved in church? Is that home church now these mm-hmm. days? Bible study. What, what does that look like? Yeah, exactly. Two two thirds of Sundays I'd say is uh, is tr- is church, whether it's in person or now virtual. Um, I'd say one third of Sundays, we do more of a, a, a family discussion where the five of us will watch video and then we'll just discuss it. So we take, you know, it's more of a, a depending on what we've had going on that weekend, you know, we, we just stay at home and watch church and then, and then talk about it. Um, uh, my wife and I probably two thirds of the time are really good about having a, a, a marriage devotion. Um, you know, we read boundaries for marriage. We've read, you know, uh, uh, love. What is what is the one we're doing now? Love dare. I think it's called. Uh-huh. We've did one called draw the circle. It's a 40 day prayer challenge by Mark Batterson. 
Um, yeah. that's not a marriage one, but it's still one we kind of did together. Um, so that, that really has helped. And then yeah. I notice it for us. Like when we, when we stray, it's funny how you can do something that helps you and then you just stop doing it. How smart is that? Um, <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> so we stray, we, we notice like, ah, oh, it's been two weeks since we've done a, and, and lo and behold, we're more irritable and whatever. So typically we're pretty good about at least two days a week of doing our devotional, um, praying together and that, that really helps our marriage. And then, yeah, a lot of, a lot of conversation. So one thing we do with our kids too, is we give feedback. We have family feedback sessions probably twice a month, I'd say, um, where we just kind of talk about how, how, you know, it's just an open forum for you to share how your brother or your sister or mom or dad or whoever, you know, hurt your feelings or whatever they did. And it allows you to get it off your chest. It's called a withhold. Like you're, you're releasing a withhold, something you would have just with withheld. Um, and as the recipient, if, if they say something about me, which I encourage, like, please include me. When did I, the, the only response is thank you. There's no explaining it. There's no rationalizing it. It's purely just thank you for letting me know how I hurt you. Um, my wife and I have done that. We do, we've done withholds, not real consistently, but over the years we have, and that, that's something that's really helped us as well. So, um, and then the last part of it, me personally, um, I'm on the board of a, of a nonprofit called Liberty road foundation where we have every other Monday morning Bible studies. We have, um, I'm speaking tomorrow to, we have nine different breakfasts around greater Puget sound and, uh, it's, it's fundraising to support, you know, one of them is, is a, um, all of crest is like a foster to adopt. There's street youth. There's, there's different nonprofits we're trying to support in the community. And that, that has helped me so much just constantly reminding myself, okay, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. And, and how dang fortunate we are. Right. It's just, yeah, I can go on on that one. Yeah. So how, how would you say these three topics specifically body balance and being, how do they enable you fuel you power you, however you want to say it to show up and lead and not only lead yourself, but lead all of these um, clients that you're coaching to higher levels, higher income. Yeah. I, I, if I had one word, I think it's again, authentic confidence. I guess that's two words, but because again, our, our, like my worth is tied to my creator. So it's like, man, if God is for me, who can be against me? It, it allows us to go out and shine and be bold and be courageous. Like the, ugh, the ugliest times I've had in my life were all rooted in some form of fear. When I hear a client unpacking, a lot of our coaching is just asking questions and helping people have light bulbs. It's not trying to drop knowledge the whole coaching call it's it's having deep conversations that are meaningful and uh um they're also it's it's all one-on-one so it's very you know it's 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 very personal and god it's crazy how much of the head trash we have is rooted in fear and so the the body part of it me getting out and just exercising myself allowing myself to feel fit and and you know gives obviously i'm going to eat better too nutrition's a part of it and then my balance and then my being man i just feel like i'm a lot more brave and bold and courageous in how we talk about tough topics with people and how we get out of our dang comfort zone versus 
being crippled by fear, which is what the enemy, if you will, wants for us. Mm -hmm. So how often Ron, are you able to get into these other topics with a coaching client? Is it just depends on the individual and how open and authentic they are? Or, I mean, so for example, if you're coaching someone and they're not performing and they're 300 pounds and no energy and on diabetic medication, is that something you address or do you stick, try to stay strictly within the business context? No way. I address it. Yep. Yeah. Now, Obviously, the goal of addressing it is they address it first. So, you know, if we're role playing here, Forrest, walk me up, walk me through, man. What what other areas? I'm always curious. I know you talked about your business. You want to hire an assistant. You really want to scale. You want to see a 20% increase in, in revenue. You want to delegate more. You want to, you know, we, we list off all the business things. Um, what else in your life, man, if you had to for a minute get personal, what are other areas that if we look back at this journey, let's say we coach together for a year or two or however long this goes, if, if, if when you look back at this, what are the other areas where you'd love to feel like you grew? Can you, can you brainstorm with me and I'll ask them, I'll, can you, and, and I'll usually do this on call one, but oftentimes again on call 21 or call 51 or call 71, as we're going into Q4, for example, two days from now, we go into Q4, it's October 1st. So I'll ask a, a client, you know, even someone I've been working with for 60, 80 or more calls, which is 30 or 40 or more months, that might be two, three or four years. I'll say, Hey brothers, we look at Q4, take stock with me for a second. Uh, let's, let's audit where we're at. What are some tweaks we need to make in life? Not just your business. And man, we are going to be real. And they know that coming in, there's proper expectations set. If, if you're not ready to be real and transparent, then save your time and save your money. That's such a great point because if you're not honest about it, you can't possibly improve. You got to know where you are in order to go to where you want to go. Got it. So, yeah. And then, you know, that just undermines everything we talk about on the show. You can't possibly grow something of value. It doesn't have to be in business. It could be a nonprofit or anything that you're trying to grow if these other domains aren't dialed in. And so I assumed that uh, in your coaching, you weren't just strictly staying within the business category. But, you know, again, if someone doesn't want to admit that uh, they need help in their body domain or they're embarrassed and they don't tell the truth, then it's really hard to get them to move forward. They have to start with authenticity uh, to your point, which is why I think it's so great, A, to have a coach and then B, play full out. And if I had a C, be be in a a mastermind type group where you can really network with other people who are living this game and playing at a higher level. good. Well, Ron, thank you, man, for coming on. A lot to learn from what you do. I've been a great uh, beneficiary of Southwestern. I follow you guys and a big fan of Dustin and Gary and uh, great to meet you as well. And just thank you for having a conversation and sharing some of your knowledge with us. Yeah, Forrest, I love what you're doing, man. Likewise, I mean, I I hear about you from some of our team that I I wish there were more iron tribes out in the Northwest, man. We got it. We got to grow this area. So it's, uh, I I know you're doing it though. You're scaling. And so it's fun hearing about your story and how it's so much more than just fitness for you. You obviously are doing incredible things. So thanks for having me. All right, Ron. Uh, thanks for being on. If anybody wanted to follow you or check out your book, how would they find that? Uh, read it. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Redefiningpossible.com. Um, is, is the direct it's the actually the book's actually out January 5th, but you can pre-order if anyone that pre-orders it now, there's some little perks that are thrown in and some little extra stuff. Um, 
but yeah, redefiningpossible.com. And then probably just on Instagram, it's just Ron Alfred coach. So at Ron Alfred coach and it's, yeah, you have my name, Ron Alfred coach. So that's probably the two or LinkedIn and that stuff's fine. Awesome. We'll check it out. I look forward to reading it. And Ron, thanks again for being on the show. The feedback from Tribecast over the last two seasons has been phenomenal. And one of the most common questions has centered around my willingness or abilities to deliver coaching to others. And as I've continued my personal journey on the having it all lifestyle across body, being balance and business, I've been inspired to create a program that I couldn't find in the marketplace. It's called EX3, and it's for accomplished, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs that know they need a band of brothers to play this game with at the highest level. If that's you and you want to know more about what I'm up to, then head on over to ex3impact.com now.